Hello, and we are back after a long, or what feels like a long hiatus of around two weeks. The Anglo-Italian pod is back, but we're looking slightly different this time. We are sadly missing Tommy, but I've made up for it by inviting several new guests, or not new guests, some old returners. I think you've all been on the show before, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've all yeah, been yeah. on. So I am joined by representing uh, representing Turkey. We have Kamal. How are you doing, mate? Not bad, not bad. Yourself? Not bad, thank you. Representing England, but in a Spain shirt, we have Andy. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. All good. Good. Then we have uh, from Arsenia B Special, all the way from Barcelona, but representing Italy, we've got Luca. Come va, Luca. Always good, man. Thank you for the invitation. Ready to to begin this this Euro twenty twenty one or twenty twenty as you as you prefer. We can clear that up shortly as to which yeah. what we're calling it, which one we're deciding on, and then <laughs> another guest. As if we're not treating you well enough, we have representing Poland, Adam. How are you, mate? Dobry wieczór. Yes, keeping well. Thank you, Rory. Good. So we're kind of going to kind of do the show backwards but before we do that Luca raised a very good point Euro 2020 Euro 2021 views guys what do we think I don't care as long as there's football yeah it's I like that answer <laughs> I, I'm just like it's, they're calling it Euro 2020 like nothing makes sense but we'll roll with it and nothing's <laughs> yeah. really made sense over the past year or so so might let's just carry on <laughs> I like this attitude come on which one <sighs> I'm I'm not decided yet. Not decided. We're going to switch as we see fit. I think Luca's <laughs> in the same boat. But as we go through, we're going to start backwards and we're going to kind of start with the most interesting group. I think, guys, we're going to start with Group F, the group of death, which, of course, features France, Germany, Portugal and the unlucky sods that are Hungary. So does anybody think that Hungary will not finish bottom of this group? I think I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that pause in. I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to leave the pause in, and we're going to switch to who do we think is going to finish first? Who wants to take this one? Oh, France, France, yeah, France, France for sure. Yes, yeah. yeah, easy, Good. yeah. Next. So I think in previous years that Portugal have always struggled to win their first opening game. They always seem mm. to either draw or lose their opening games, and then sort of build up in, as the tournament goes on. So, yeah, I can see France hitting it from day one, to be honest. Very nice. So, it seems as everybody's talking France, shall we take a deep dive into their squad, see how they're looking? And, of course, the big surprise coming into the tournament was that Didier Deschamps has ended mm. Benzema's um, stint in the cold by calling him back, only for him to get injured in the warm-up game before the tournament. So, what does this mean for the lineup? Do we think... The most beautiful man in football, Oli Giroud, is going to get his rightful place leading the line. What do we think, Adam? I think, obviously, he will stick with Giroud for the majority of games. I think he will kind of maybe guess where he thinks Benzema might have the edge in certain games. Like I think we said offline, uh, we don't feel like maybe Benzema will play every game. But certainly, I think... Under pressure, he's had to bring him in. And rightly so. His form has been magnificent for Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's trusted Giroud. Giroud's got a good record for France. The squad knows how to play with Giroud. So why break a formula that doesn't obviously need breaking up, right? 
No, I like it. Exactly. They won the World Cup with Oli, so I don't see why. They, they know they can definitely trust him. He's now only five goals behind Omri's record, which is mad when you say it out loud, I think. Um, Luca, what do you think? Will France have to change how they play if they have to go for Giroud or Benzema? I completely agree with, with Adam. I think, I think Giroud will start mainly every game. He's like a he's like a talisman, you know, for uh, for for that team, and he's perfect if you consider like he's the perfect striker, you know, a big man as a, as a striker there. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's perfect, uh, it's perfect. And if I if I were Deschamps, I I love Benzema, huh? but I would start with, uh, with Giroud. I think Giroud is simply perfect now and at this moment for this team. So yeah, I would stick with Giroud. Okay, nice. Come on, any preference for Giroud, Benzema? I'm more for Giroud. Although he's not like a prolific for, like forward, I don't think he's... It's a good team player. His hold-up play is just unreal as well. Um, but he just... I don't... For me, I just don't think he scores enough goals. That's all it is. But I think it'll probably be him. I think that's just the Arsenal fan in you speaking about that 15-16 season that we will never, ever forgive him for and the Monaco Champions League tie when he completely <laughs> forgot how to score goals. One day we'll forgive you, Ollie. I think. One day. One <laughs> day. But if we're looking at the France squad, I saw an interesting chat on Twitter today about where is the weakness in this France squad? Everyone's talking about how great it is. Do they have any weaknesses? Where is it in the field? Anybody can jump in on this one. I'll probably say maybe like a bit of a stretch, but I reckon maybe in defence, to be honest with you. Because mm. I just, you look at some of the defenders that are staying home, right? So you've got Laporte, who's obviously pledged his allegiance to Spain. Uh, you've got, um, obviously, Upper, Upper Meccano, who seemed to be a Bayern Munich player, not even in the squad. And, you know, you've got Clement Lenglet, who's never been that brilliant for Barcelona. Kimpembe, he has a habit of imploding in big Champions League ties, which doesn't really bode very well. Mm. Um, and Kurt Zoma is, I don't, you know, he's improved, but at the end of the day, a couple of years ago, he was on loan at Stoke. Um, mm. And it's it's a bit strange how he manages to get into the France squad of heads of players that aren't in it. So I think that's where they could potentially be got at. So, for example, if um, you know, they'll probably end, you know, they'll probably be starting with, um, you know, Varane for sure. Um, if mm. he gets injured or suspended for whatever reason, I think that's where they could be in a bit of a trouble. So like I said, it is a bit of a stretch. Um, and obviously on the flanks as well, um, yeah. Vard hasn't got the most pace in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Luca Dean has had his injury problems as well. So I think it's a bit of a stretch, but I think that's where you could potentially yeah. get out get at them, especially on the counter. Nice. I like that. The only position that came to mind for me was, and feel free to shout at me about this, but I thought maybe goalkeeper. I thought Loris, his better days are behind him, and maybe they have better options for goal now. What do you think, Kamal? I totally agree with that. I think I think with the Whoever's playing against them just needs to shoot from their own area and just hope for the best and just, just launch a 50-yard <laughs> screamer. That's the way I to feel go like for it. Spurs, his form has definitely dipped. And when you see goalkeepers like Magnon from Lille, and I feel like there's a bit of pressure there. And I, now I know he is also captain, so he's going to have a big influence within the squad. But I thought, I was surprised maybe that they weren't trying to move on from Loris. But do you think possibly because he's got such a defensive lineup slash midfield, right? With lights of Kante, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be critical. 
that kind of alleviates the pressure on Lloris. So he's okay. not under pressure. Because, I mean, like, I think there was an argument about Lloris at the last tournament when they won, for mm-hmm. example. And he wasn't the strongest even then, I don't think. But, again, he had a stronger kind of lineup in front of him. So it meant, actually, teams couldn't take advantage of maybe those corners where maybe he flaps mm-hmm. or, you know, those situations. So, personally, I think maybe the players in front of him will shield him. And maybe you won't see the calamity moments that maybe, say, England would get with Pitford, for example. So what you're really saying is it's Spurs' fault that he's a terrible keeper, is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll take your word that's how, that's how I'm going to interpret it anyway. That's how I'm going to interpret it. But we could talk about France for the whole hour, I think, but we should talk about the other two huge teams mm. in this group. And let's start with Germany. Now, this is Joachim Love's last um, tournament in, in charge of Der Mannschaft. And before he's obviously going to be replaced by Hansi Flick. Do we think he's going to send them off in a positive note, or is it he just here to transition them from the last tournament to the World Cup next year, which sounds mental to say. Um, what do we think, Luca? What shape do you think Germany are in for this tournament? And Germany is Germany, so you can you can tell it whatever you want, but I think at the end they will be again at the semifinals. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... It's always like this, you know, uh, you can expect it. So I think they will do good. Uh, the only thing for me is there is, I mean, I saw like the lineup and uh, I have some doubts. If you see like there is Gosens, Gosens is amazing in Atalanta, but is this kind of, you know, when you play for Atalanta, is this, you know, these players that they play for the football team, uh, for their team, sorry, and they're amazing. And then when they go for the national team, it's a bit different. So, I don't know. I saw him and I saw him struggling a bit. Gosens. I really love him, eh? Mm-hmm. But uh, I have some doubts. And uh, it depends how they will play because I saw that they were playing with Goretzka, Kimmich. Uh, there was no Gundogan sometimes. Mm-hmm. No Gundogan and no cross in, in, some, in some games that I saw. So, pff, it's really, to me, it's really... You know, tough to believe that they can that the team can start without uh, these two big names. Uh, and the last doubt that I have is about um, the the free in front because I saw that they can play Kai Havertz, Werner, and and Mueller. And I'm, I have some doubts about Werner. I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I have some yeah. because it's, it's it's good, but you know. The, the Euro Cup is it's a short tournament. You need to you need to score. You need to win now. So mm-hmm. I, I think if I could choose, I would choose Aver, uh, Kai Avertz, Müller, and uh, Sané. Uh, Werner. I would not start with Werner. I have some doubts with, with Werner. Mm-hmm. I don't personally don't don't really like him. So I think it's a bit like Tuffy Sometimes it's not like it doesn't even look like German squad. You know. Germany is really like this is even strong, and sometimes it's a bit like too lost. So for me, they need to think about it. Well, I think this is the thing with the Germany squad. They've got for a transition for a team that I think is clearly in transition. They've got yes, a lot of options and clear decisions to make. Because even when Luca there, there was no uh, Gnabry in that side, right? Whereas you would think he would be starting. And yeah. they've they've had to bring it. They've had to bring back Thomas Muller and Mats Hummels, even though they stopped calling them up for the team. So I feel like there's there's some big decisions there to be made. Um, Adam, what do you think of the Germany squad? How do you think they'll shape up? I think basically what Lucas says, you can't underwrite 
the Germans. As much as I'd love to be doing this right now about <laughs> Germany, um, you just know there's something about them that seems to grind out results. Even when they're at their worst, you just have this feeling that they can, maybe they thrive on that pressure of not being the favourite. Uh, I think previous tournament when they did really badly, they were the favourites then, whereas mm -hmm. this time not many people actually fancy them this time around. So maybe there is that maybe thought of let's prove them wrong, especially for Joachim Love. He's got nothing to lose. He's going out regardless. So whether he wins another trophy for them, he doesn't care, I don't think. I think what is telling, though, is that while we're speculating on the likes of Werner not being great and Kai Havertz, they'll learn from these experiences. So maybe it will stead them in the long run. My worry would be is you don't seem to see that same production line coming through. So where we had the last 10 years, lots of mm -hmm. promising German players. I don't see it at the same extent these days. Uh, I know they are working at uh, under 15, 16 levels mm -hmm. and they seem to be really good, but that's going to be a good few years away now. So what have you got right now coming through? And uh, I mean, obviously there's that Musiala who they mm -hmm. took off from England. He's playing for Bayern. Maybe potentially he might be a good player in the future. But again, that's just one player. You've got Neuer potentially you have to replace. Mm -hmm. We've got Hummels, for example, at the back. And Nicolas Sula is not a replacement. No, he has no, been no. absolutely awful for Bayern this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he's yeah. like Bampi on ice at times. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question marks around Germany, but don't write them off. That's what I would say. I think there's quite a few players where... There seems to be very packed for the midfielders, but you look at you know the forward line. Obviously, Timo Werner is looking up his stats. He's got twelve goals in fifty-two games overall, uh, and I'm you know and six in thirty-five in the Premier League. I mean that's not fifty odd million pounds worth of return, is it? And then they've had to bring back Kevin Volland, who hasn't played for the national team in about six years. I think it was. He's had. It, um, you know, he's not like a world-class striker. He's got, I think, was it 16 and 35 they got for Monaco in the league, uh, which ain't bad, uh, but it's not like cutting edge. So mm -hmm. I think they're going to rely on t Thomas Muller, uh, who has, to be fair, keeps enduring in his consistency. Uh, it's probably like a false nine. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's even, you know, even that like uh, wing back and the, they haven't really got much options like Matthias. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've got Halstenberg, you know, and Klosterman who haven't had standout seasons no. they've called up Robin Koch from Leeds and Leeds let's be honest like mm. aren't fantastic defensively I mean they just run <laughs> yeah. they just run they just run off fives <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. is the best way to describe them so I think they're another team where you know they've got a really really soft centre I mean you can't ever discount them especially if you've got the talent in midfield I mean you've got mm. Leon Goretzka I mean he should do a fitness video by the way but um <laughs> I'll tell us what he's taking, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, do you remember that summer? He started a summer skinny and then he comes back built like Hulk. I mean, I want to know what that routine is. It's like, it was like when you saw those videos of Torres, he'd been bodybuilding. It's like it happened overnight. You're like, how the hell did that happen? It looks unnatural. It looks completely unnatural. Absolute um, unit. That, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But yeah, I think the interesting point, raising the, the stats there of Werner, this is... I think there's a few teams that we could maybe level this at, but not having a clear out-and-out goal-scoring threat. And I think Germany might suffer from this. Kamal, what have been your impressions of Werner in the Premier League this year? For me, I think the stats aren't telling the true story. He does so much off the ball. He's a selfless player. I think he's assisted a fair amount. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not just saying that because he was in my fantasy 
football <laughs> team and have captained them every week. But I, <laughs> that, that he, is perseverance. Fair play to you. Yeah, yeah, and I did all right actually. <laughs> but I mean, he he gets in the right positions. He's just been unlucky, I think. And um, I think next next season, if if they carry on picking him, I think he's going to he's going to score so so much more and assist a lot more also. Yeah, you're right. I think he will next season. I think he'll have a much better season. I can mm. see him easily banging in 15, 20 goals. I guess the concern in the Euros is that, especially when it comes to the tight knockout stages against good teams, you, you might only have one or two chances yeah, yeah, yeah. to put one away. You know, if you're playing in a team like Chelsea, you've you'll probably have four or five, six games. You know, goes a game at getting a goal and I'm sure next season he'll do a lot better but when you've got that one chance and you're through and goal like would you back him to score it like would you say would you put you know put your nan on the fire to um as a backing to score it and I don't think you would uh, at this stage and that's (laughs) that's good if I was a Germany fan that's where I'd be concerned yeah I mean he still is getting in the right positions, though, and that's I think that's more crucial at times. He, he, even if he can get an assist here or there, I think I think he's got to be in the month to start in eleven. I feel, but that's just my opinion. I'm not. The, we uh, will see if he gets the starting space. I do think it will be him up top with kind of Muller doing the Ram Deuter or Ram Deuter, however you say it, behind him. Okay. Um, but before we move on to the next group, we need to talk about Portugal. Andy, I'm going to throw to you because. I get the feeling you're going to want to talk about Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> I, nev- I never, t- I never turned down opportunities to talk about <laughs> Bruno Fernandes. Uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, they've got an awful lot of talent in there. It's just, it's just absolutely insane. They've got like you know almost two players for you know every position to an extent. I mean, the midfield you've got Ruben Neves, Bruno Fernandes, João Martinho. Was getting on a bit. Renato Sanchez. He's had a bit of a renaissance at Lille. Um, mm. And he's always been trusted from the Portugal side of things. And then you've got the, you know, William Carvalho. But yeah, I, I think it'd be good to see Bruno Fernandes really do it on the big stage. It'd be interesting to see who takes the penalties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be an interesting uh, one to do. But yeah, I think, but that's probably, you know, I think they've got a great squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Bruno's ever really excelled that much in the international stage as of yet, but you know, there's no time like the present, as they say. Uh, I think they've just got. I think compared to the Portugal team over the years, they've got a bit more sort of balance. You know, if you look mm-hmm. at what they've got up front, you've got because uh, I remember back in the days when they used to have like Nuno Gomez rocking yeah. up up front, or as recently as 2016, Eder, who famously scored not very mm-hmm. much for Swansea, mm-hmm. and you know, and now they've got quite a plethora of options. You've got Diego. You know, they're another one which mm. don't really have, apart from Andre Silva, maybe yeah. a mm-hmm. classic number nine. Uh, there'll be a lot of people playing in the hole, like Jao Felix does it for um, Atletico, mm. uh, Diogo Yota. You know, he played up front quite a bit for Wolves when he was there, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously he comes in on the left when he's playing for Liverpool. So, um, yeah, I think they're one of the favourites to win it, to be honest with you. Uh, I think the only mild criticism, obviously you've got Jose Font is 37 and Pepe at 38. I think, um, you know, if either one of those two, because it is a game of attrition, like would they be able to cope with the games every, you know, three or four days in the knockouts? Um, would they stay on the pitch be- as well? Well, there's that. I mean, because obviously Joseph, I mean, Pepe is a bit of a hothead. I think they're relying on Ruben Diaz an awful lot in that squad, I think, aren't they? Uh, but they've also got two of the best attacking fullbacks going as well. Like Rafael Guerrero has got like a few goals, about 11 assists last season. And Jao can, 
Cancelo could play, he could play midfield, he could play left back, he could play right back. Um, you know, Nelson Semedo, I think, hasn't impressed me much for Wolves, to be honest. Mm. Like, he's, he's, he's kind of like a slightly more defensive Adama Traore. He just runs fast, and, <laughs> and that's about it, I, really. Whenever I think of him, I always just see that performance against Bayern Munich for Barcelona, where he just got absolutely roasted. I think that was him, right? And it's just, it's almost like, you know, when you think of Gareth, when you think of Mykon, you think of Gareth Bale versus yeah. Mykon. Mm. With Semedo, I just think of that Bayern Munich performance, and I think that's probably not fair on him. But yeah, I've not been impressed with him too much either but Luca what do we how do you feel about Portugal do you think they're going to be pushing on for the trophy at the end can they retain it uh for the trophy no I don't see them the champion again uh but really close if if they play how they know really close for me again the key will be Ronaldo because I'm really interested to see how at the end of the season in Serie A it was bad it was not his best year both for Juve and for Cristiano. So, but I had the feeling, you know, the last four or five games that he was resting, that he was preparing <laughs> mentally, you know, for, for the Euro. So I expect a lot from him. Uh, for me, it will be like the, the really last chance where he can show again that that is a myth, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I expect a lot from this. I think that, you know, the whole squad will be influenced by this. So, According to how it will be, mentally, physically, and whatever, uh, it will be one Portugal or another Portugal. Apart from that, I'm, I would really like to play Diogo Jota every game. This is my personal opinion. I love him, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope he will start every game because I really, really like him. I think he's um, mature enough and he's uh, really decisive also. He scores goals, he makes assists. He's, he's, he's good, very good. So... Uh, I'm not sure he will he will start every every single game, uh, but let's see. But of course, Portugal for me, semi finals. It can be. It depends mm-hmm. how kind is the draw, you know, when they when they pass the turn. But mm-hmm. they can be in semi final for sure. No, well, yeah. I like that point about Jota. I think he was easily he was a great signing for Liverpool this year, and amazing, one of amazing. one of yeah, like yeah. the brightest sparks of their. Okay, they had a bit of a disappointing season, but he was one of the brightest sparks of their season. Yeah. Um, so before we move on to Group E, I'm just going to quickly go around and ask you who are going to finish first and second, starting with Kamal. Who finishes first? Who finishes second? Oh, I'm going to go Germany and Portugal. I'm going to kick out France. Oh, Andy, Ooh. what do we think? I think France finish uh, first, Portugal second, and Germany third. Okay, good. Adam? I'm going with the same order. I agree with Andy for once. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And Luca, your one-two? I think first will be Germany, and second will be Portugal, and France will struggle this year. Yeah. Okay. Two people saying France third. I'm going to say France top and Portugal second. Um. Good, so it's time to move to Group E. It's time to move to Group E. Adam, this is your time to shine. Talk to us about Poland. Regular listeners will know that I lived there for a while, always had a soft spot for the Polish and their national team. How high can I set my hopes for this national team in this (laughs) tournament? (laughs) You should know better by now. Um, Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it, right now? We don't really know what to expect from this Polish side. I mean, we're the envy of every nation by having Lewandowski up front, Mm -hmm. but... Our biggest problem is just generally as a team, 
Um, so defensively, if we haven't got Glick at the back, for example, we are a shambles. Um, in midfield, we've got some quality players who play their trade in Europe. But when it comes to playing as a team in the national side, we can't seem to get the likes of Zielinski, for example, to mm -hmm. play the same game that he does at Napoli. We've got some bright sparks. So Kamal Yozviak, who plays for Derby County, he mm -hmm. moved over there this season. He's done reasonably well. I mean, he has been injured for part of it, but he has got a touch about him. He's got a bit of pace. He really takes the ball to the attackers and defences. And I think he'll be really critical for us. And he's one of the players we should be looking out for. Moda for Brighton. I tipped him to do really well when he did get that move. I think he'll be very good. Um, but there is that argument that we don't have a lot of pace going forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lewandowski needs that going forward. He needs someone to provide him with opportunities. We're not Bayern Munich, unfortunately. We are the Polish national side. Um, the other argument is we just don't know which Polish side decides to turn up because we do really well in qualifications and then screw up when we come to the tournaments. But having said that, the last Euros, we went to the quarterfinals, be, being beaten by Portugal on penalties, which was unfortunate. We didn't think we'd get that far. It was a bit of a missed opportunity because Lewandowski wasn't on his A game at that mm -hmm. particular match. Um, so again, there was that argument with him at national and club level, does he turn up for the big games? Um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of hopes on him to provide the goals or get the goals for us. It's just how do we get the ball to him? And I suppose the other thing to get your listeners to understand, we've only employed Paolo Sosa as a coach four months ago um, going into this, which is very strange timing. No one at a Polish like fan base kind of expected a change. We had Jerzy Brzezinczyk, who is an ex-Polish footballer, led us. He was bloody awful. Um, so glad we got rid of him. But the problem is Sosa hasn't had a lot of time to get maybe the players he wants right now. Um, he's been bold enough to like pick players like um, Przemek Frankowski, who plays for MLS, uh, Chicago Fire. We didn't anticipate that because he's been a bit of a hovering kind of player that not, never really kind of threatens to be in the national side. So it'll be interesting to see how he's done, or does anyway. But also he's been forced to hand because Milik's injured, Piontek is injured mm -hmm. as well. Them two would have probably played in a front three with Lewandowski or kind of gone into a 4-5-1 formation with them plays on the wings or maybe Milik behind. It, it, there's so many combinations you could do with mm -hmm. that Polish squad. Ultimately, though, I think I'd, I'd, I'll be optimistic and say I think we'll do enough to get out of the group stages, but I don't think we'll get out of the last 16. That's personally okay. my point. I like that. Well, well, we'll go through the group. So it's obviously Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. I think you're right about Poland. The last World Cup that you were in, I remember, was a really underwhelming performance. And it yeah. felt like if if Lewandowski didn't turn up, nobody turned up. Um, but yeah, mm. I hope that you're going to make it through. Who do you think are the biggest threat to your qualification in that group? I think there's two teams. So for me, it's the obvious, Spain. Mm -hmm. But then when you read, well, I read anyway, a lot of Spanish people don't feel confident about that squad. And obviously we know there's a little bit of politics with Luis Enrique and not including Real Madrid players. Um, I wonder why that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally they've got an interesting squad, but then at the same time you've got 
you're relying on Gerard Moreno to score your goals at the moment, it seems. Because mm-hmm. Alvaro Morata, I mean, he hasn't done it for Juve this season, in my eyes. And he's not that type of striker. Um, but they've got some exciting wingers. Daniel Olomo, he's been doing really well. Um, and then you've got Ferran Torres, for example. So, and, you know, at the back, Pau Torres as well. So, again, they've got some really good players. So, I, I anticipate them to be finishing first. But, again, it seems to be, from a Spanish point of view, how well they start the group. A bit like what we've been saying about Portugal. Mm-hmm. It seems to be, if they don't get to a good start, they may struggle. The other ones, we have to say, Sweden, obviously. Um, I don't actually fancy them to be better than Poland, but... They have got some good players. Um, Kulisevsky is going to be quite key, I think, personally. He's had a very good end to the season. Um, Isaac up front is going to be critical because I think defensively they're really strong. Hellander's had a good season at Rangers. Um, obviously, your man, uh, for Andy anyway, uh, you've got the likes of, what was it? I've forgotten his name now. Lindelof. Lindelof, Lindelof of course. <laughs> um, and then uh, Lustig <laughs> at right back as well. Um, so, it's, yeah, um, solid team. Slovakia are going to be very mm. underwhelming, though, because Hamsik is the key player for them. But he's only joined uh, Gothenburg, what was it, in January window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't really play that many games. He was getting fitness there by all accounts. Mm-hmm. And then they're relying on Andre Duda, who used to play in Poland for Legia Warsaw, played for her for Berlin, played for Norwich City. So here's my stats coming out. Um, he is pretty much critical because he's the one that's got legs. Um, okay. They've got a midfielder called Jura Kuchka. Again, he's a good player, but he hasn't got legs to the last. Mm-hmm. He's 34 years old. Dubravka at the back, good solid keeper. Skriniar in defence. They're, they're going to be a solid team. They're not going to be a pushover. But mm-hmm. I think against the likes of, say, Poland, Sweden and Spain, I expect us to beat them. Um, and it'll be interesting because the first game is Poland versus Slovakia. If we don't win, then it's going to be really difficult for us to get results in the next two games. But wait and see. It's quite an open-ended group, isn't it? Because um, mm. Spain don't look obviously fantastic, like you know, especially compared to a few years ago. Obviously, in midfield they've got a lot of depth, but you know they've taken some of the decisions. I find a bit strange. Like Adama Traore hasn't had a great season for Wolves. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can see what he adds to the team in terms of his pace on the counter, and I can see why he's been included. But um, his end product, which is what you need at these tournaments, is fantastic. And then you've got, apart from Americ Laporte um, and Paul Torres. If either of those get injured, they've got Eric Garcia, who barely got a game for Man City this mm-hmm. season, and he's somehow in the Spain squad. I don't understand how you would take Eric Garcia, who's barely played, and then reject uh, Sergio Ramos for basically the same reason that he's barely played. It doesn't make any sense uh, until you bring in the Barcelona bias, maybe. Um, again, you know, Diego Lorente, I think I've seen him for Leeds a fair bit. Like, he looks quite good on the ball, as you'd expect, having to play for a Leeds mm-hmm. side under Bielsa. Um, obviously, Aspen Equator. I mean, I remember when... Um, you know, in the uh, FA Cup final, he started a lot right wing back and he got absolutely torn to shreds because obviously he hasn't really got any pace. So I think they'll struggle a little bit and they haven't really got a top class goal scorer um, up front. Um, I think another one to watch out for Sweden, changing the subject a bit, is Jordan Larson, who's the son mm. of um, Henrik. Henrik Larson. He's had a decent season in uh 
Spartak Moscow, who've obviously won the league in Russia and he's got about like obviously 15, 15 league goals in about 30 odd games, which is not a bad return. So maybe that maybe that was a bit of a random score for you guys, wild cards. There's one to keep out, keep your eye out on, but I'm going to take this opportunity to go to our man who is in Spain. Luca, what are they saying in Barcelona? How are they feeling about their national La Roja's chances of lifting the trophy? Yeah, so I, I think uh, concerning the group, just quickly, this is the most interesting group. I think is everyone can pass to the next round, honestly. Uh, I don't see any, any favorite one, but... It's really concerning Spain, you know, Tiki Taka is over and, and Luis Enrique had to move on. So he needed to do some, some choices, you know. Spain can make big wins, but also very big disappointments. You know, they won 6-0 against Germany in the, in the Nations League, but then they did 1-1 with Greece and they won with, the, I think it was Georgia. Uh, they struggled a lot. So um, there is some noise here you know in the country the, there is some noise this team has difficulties to score because yeah Gerard Moreno he did the best season in life but you know uh, Morata did not and then I have some doubts eh, about this about this team also the the keeper uh, mm -hmm. Unai Simon Unai Simon will play uh, I don't know I don't know if he's ready so many doubts eh? many doubts I don't think if, if I were a Spanish supporter, I would not expect much. Uh, I think they can win every game or even lose every game. I, mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if they finish at nine points or zero points, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, honestly. Uh, um, so I think uh, Adam is right. Poland can go through. Uh, everyone can go through, honestly, in this mm -hmm. group. I think it will be, will be very equalized. Uh, overall, I don't see Spain as a favorite. Huh? I don't even see them at the semifinals. Um, what else? Uh, they they have this Busquets now. As there is this COVID, uh, you know, COVID case uh, for Busquets. So I don't know if, if they replace him or uh, for sure he will, he will miss the, the first game or something. But we have to remember one thing: Spain will play home the free games mm. with some with mm. some with, with some uh, fans, at least some fans in Sevilla. So this is the only you know plus that I give to them. Rather, rather than this, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mystery, huh? uh, I think, uh, again, everyone can, can finish first position, second, but I think they will go through. I think they will go through in the end. They, they will be either first, second, or, or third. I don't, I don't think it will be zero points, mm -hmm. as, as I said. But <laughs> uh, if, if the draw is not kind, uh, from, from the round of 16, uh, it would be difficult for them, huh? especially to score. You know, mm. for, forget that Spain, remember that Spain was scoring like three, four goals, every, it's very different now. Huh? Mm -hmm. So there is, uh, there is some noise here in, uh, in, in the cup. Luca, well, I wanted to ask you a question. Sorry, Rory. No, no, but go for it. Go for it. Why, why do you think Spain have had to go to like players like Adama Troy and uh, Emmerich Laporte? They've even got Robert Sanchez from Brighton, for example. They've got these players that wouldn't be considered necessarily for the Spanish side. Is there a lack of quality coming through to the Spanish national team at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think I agree for sure. There is a bit of, you know, uh, there is a time when you need to make a change, you know, 
and uh, and Luis Enrique made all the changes all together. So that's why mm. you see this this big big change, you know, um, because there are some big names. Saul, for example, Saul is not in the in the team, you know. So he went. I agree with him. Uh, you need to make a choice. He made all the cho all the possible choices all together. Um, so for me, it would be it would be difficult for them, and there is there is a lack of quality. Uh, but they have good players, eh? because if you see, they have Rodri, yeah. Fabian Ruiz, Ferran Torres. They are all potentially more than good, very good. But the problem is that at the moment, uh, they're not really, you know, team. Good mm. players, but not uh, a real new team. So concerning Spain, for me, I don't know. I think they will struggle. We shall see. Maybe this is the hipsters group. This is the group that you should like, you should be keeping an eye on. You can tell your friends about, right? So as we did with the last group, I'm going to quickly go around and you can say who finishes first, who finishes second, starting with Kamal. I'm going Spain to top the group and do your favour, Adam. I'll say Poland to go for a second. Thank there you. There we go. Andy, what do you reckon? I'm going to go Spain to top the group and uh, Sweden to finish second. Adam, I think I might know what you're going to say, but what do we think? Yeah, I'm going to go Spain top, though, still, and Poland second. Very nice. Keep the belief. And yeah. Luca, what do we think? I think Sweden first, uh, Poland second, and Spain third. Oh, wow. That is wow. bold. I, on my accumulator, uh, listeners will be keen to know. Well, they will know. I always lose my accumulator, <laughs> so this definitely won't happen. But I have put Spain top and Sweden second. I apologize, Adam. Good. Right. Moving on to Group D. Finally, the only group that anyone cares about, Group <laughs> D, which is, of course, the group which contains Croatia, Czech Republic, and England and Scotland. This is an exciting group. Andy, I'm going to throw to you. Let's go England. Let's talk about it. How are people talking at home? How are you feeling? Is it, in fact, coming home? Yeah. Oh, well... In my head, in my heart, I'm like, yeah, it's coming home. In my head, I think what will probably happen is, realistically, I think if you'd say what is a good tournament, quarterfinals, semifinals is probably what a lot of fans would go. That's okay. Um, I, I think in terms of attacking talent, it's genuinely the most exciting England squad I've seen in years. Like you've all, we've got a lot of players who've had really good seasons at club, you know, at club level, like Jadon Sancho's, you know, chipped in with, you know, another 20 goals and assists. Um, you know, Harry Kane, and, you know, probably the, the best striker in the league. Um, I don't, Personally, I don't think there's any argument about that. You know, Phil Foden has had a proper breakthrough season at Man City. And even, you know, even the backup, you've got Calvert-Lewin, who's had, um, despite Everton's problems, adds a real different... He's like a... Di you know, he's a, re he's a real target man, but with a bit of pace. Um, so you can get a lot out of him. And I think that... Is great. Um, I think Saka. You know, don't forget Saka. Come on, Saka. Well, yeah, I forgot about Saka. He did. He did score the other night as well. So um, yeah, I've got. I've got a mate at work who's a massive Arsenal fan. He was like, "What about Saka?" I was like, "Yeah, okay." But yeah, he's a good player. And the fact he's so he's so versatile. Like you could play yeah. him a left back. You know, if it gets a couple of injuries there, you could play him. You know, the left. You know, left wing. Um, mm. You know, he can. He can 
Probably. Give it a go. <laughs> he might summer. have longer arms than Pickford. He might have longer honest, arms than I, I, probably, I probably trust Carl Walker in goal more than a couple of them, to be honest with you. Uh, good. But, yeah, and that's, and that, you know, and in midfield as well, um, I do think there were some odd selection decisions. So I think, um, or maybe I'm showing my bias as a Manchester United fan, but I don't, I, I don't understand the selection of Jordan Henderson. He's not kicked no. a ball since yeah. February. Um, and when he, you know, when we played the friendly um, last, you know, on the Sunday, we, he looked awful. Mm. Uh, he looked well off the pace, and that was against quite mediocre opposition, to be honest with you. Um, and then, you know, he was brought into the squad because of his supposed leadership skills. And then the first thing he does is goes and takes a penalty <laughs> of Calvert Lewin, and then. Gives it the old Billy Big Bollocks, goes to take it himself and messes it up. Bearing in mind, he doesn't take penalties regularly for Liverpool. The last penalty he took for England was in the penalty shootout against Colombia in the World Cup, which he missed. And, <laughs> the, you know, he's about 49 caps about a goal, and it was just purely self motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think considering some of the midfield players that might have missed out, I think. I don't understand why you couldn't have taken uh, Ward-Prowse in the head. Yeah. And then you've got, mm-hmm. um, obviously, defenders. I mean, we're all known for having eight million right-backs. <laughs> um, you know, the fact that someone that's like, good defensive, Wan-Bissaka can't get into the squad. But, yeah. you know, and I think Gareth Southgate's sticking slightly that um, Alexander-Arnold can't make it because, I, I don't know... I. I I think he bottled it slightly by uh, taking him in the first place because the general impression was beforehand he wasn't going to take him because um, and I know a lot of Liverpool fans were incredulous about it, but for England, he's never been particularly great. No. He certainly hasn't put in the level of performances that you get at Liverpool. And, you know, it's not like there's a bunch of bombs um, as alternatives. You've got, you know, a Champions League in right back in Reese James, who's had a great season at Chelsea. You've had, um, you know, you've got Carl Walker, who's obviously got the flexibility to put him at the right centre back. He can play a back three. Um, and he's, you know, his position could be a bit suspect at times, but his recovery pace is fantastic. Um, you know, it's just, and you've got Trippier, who's got the threat from set pieces, regular, you know, apart from when he obviously got banned, um, a regular, you know, Set piece taker, good delivery, really good delivery of a ball. Um, I think so. That's that. It's just in defense, center of defense. It really, really concerns me. Uh, I think, I, not... I think Maguire, Maguire is going to be a big miss, right? And I really, I don't know about you, but I just do not trust Tyrone Mings at all. I <laughs> think... I, what, honestly, I mean, you've probably seen my tweets. Like, I watched him in the two friendlies, and I was scared. And I think when he just, when he just body checked that player, he just yeah. body checked the player in the penalty box, and you're like, "Well, there's one penalty given away in the first game well, when there, we played Scotland. No, he's just going to yeah. take Shea Adams out." Like, yeah, 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 there's no, there's no VAR, there's no VAR in that game. But guaranteed, if it had been VAR, mm-hmm. that would have been a penalty. And yeah. even against, um, you know, in the other game, like he, he just looks so. Sluggish, clumsy. Yeah. He's clumsy, clumsy very, like very. you know, he's brought in as being obviously a left-footed um, centre back. But yeah, I think Maguire is a huge mess for as much as people are giving him a bit of stick. You know, especially with a bit of a difficult start to the season to yeah. his um, extracurricular activities in Greece. Um, <laughs> you know, it's he is still hands down England's best defender, yeah. and I think the only hope is that if they get through the groups. He doesn't look like he's going to be fit for the first game because he's not even trained yet. Um, and I think they've drafted him Ben White, um, 
because I would could. take him over. I would take him over Mings. I would yeah. start. Every day. I would start him. Honestly, I would. Even though he's come in as the last minute man, I would mm. start him for England against Croatia because I don't want to see Tyron Mings anywhere near that squad. And I think <laughs> if you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you should have told Mings to go home after those two friendlies. Bring Ben White. You should have told Jordan Henderson to pack his bags and bring Ward Prowse. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, these, these are the cards have been dealt with. Um, mm-hmm. I still think we'll do really well. Um, you know, Jordan Pickford, as much as he's a bit suspect at club level, he's, he always seems to turn up for England, yeah. uh, which you take. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think if you can get the ball to Harry Kane, we'll score a lot of goals. And I think they've got options. You can go with a pacey approach of on the wings. You know, you can go with a pace of Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, uh, Raheem Sterling. And if you need a little bit of craft, because again, one of the things that England aren't very good at over the years is retaining possession and mm-hmm. um, game management, because you always seem to score in the first half of knockout stages and they can see in the second. That's where you get your players like Foden and Grealish um, I mean, in the games against Austria and Romania, Greenwich is our best player yeah. uh, purely because he can get the ball from A to B and he gets kicked the living shite out of every single game, but he'll win free kicks. Yes. You know, he'll get the ball in the corner. He's got a lot, he's got a lot of nows. Um, and that's the kind of thing that England have missed over the years. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I think a quarters and semis is absolutely realistic. So I guess we'll talk about, uh, we should probably talk about the other teams. <laughs> no, but, but quickly before we do I want to talk because I think there's an interesting dilemma on who gets picked because obviously Southgate really likes to pick Mount right we yeah. know that he likes Mount but with the performances of um, Grealish in the friendlies and Foden in the um, well throughout the season how is he going to manage because I think you cannot start an England team without Grealish and Foden at this point so I don't know where Mount comes into that in the midfield, is it him with Henderson and Rice? Or I don't know if he can still fit. Like, how do you fit all those players in? It feels like what you said at the top of the kind of England discussion of this is the most promising attacking team we've seen in England for a long time. How do you think he can fit all these players in? Like, come on, what do you think? I think... Ooh. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah, no, was, for me, he's going to have to sacrifice one of them. And uh, for me, it's got to be between Foden, Mount, uh, Grealish just looks like he has to start. He, he looks so good in the friendlies. Um, yeah, and Rice has had such a good season. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm not making that decision. But, um, yeah, for, for me, I think Grealish is just, he's just got to start 100%. Um, and I'd sacrifice one of the other two, Mount or Foden. And sorry, Andy, what, what, what do you think? How, do you, how can we fit everybody in there? Well, I think you could put uh, Grealish on the left because he does come in from the left quite a bit mm-hmm. at Aston Villa. Um, so I think you could probably just stick him out there. Personally, I'd be brave. You, um, you know, you'd have like you know Foden in an attacking midfield role in, in in like a midfield three, and then stick you know Mount Cam you know Mount could link up, play a little bit deeper uh, with Declan Rice supporting, but it depends on the opposition. You have to bear in mind that each team can make up to five substitutions. Mm. Um, and I think it depends on the opposition as to what lineup Gareth Southgate will have. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all first eleven where you can go, that's the first eleven. they'll win every game. I think they'll need something different um, in each game. Like, for example, I think... Um, 
you know, against Croatia, like he's probably going to be a bit more conservative. He'd probably start with like Phillips and Rice and probably Mason Mount as a midfield three and then have the other lads to bring on as the game progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think, you know, with Scott, with uh, Scotland, you could probably have, you know, a little bit more, you probably need a little bit more craft. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be, we'll have tailored solutions for each game, I reckon. Nice. Lots of chopping and changing. It is good that we've got plenty of options. I personally just hope that Saka comes on and scores a goal and we've got an Arsenal-England goal in the tournament for the first time in a long, long time. When was the last goal? That's a fun pub quiz question. it was Danny Welbeck was the last... Arsenal player to to score for England, but I don't know if that was at a tournament. That might just be to score for England, which says just mm. how long ago it was. Um, at least it isn't Francis Jeffers, right? At least he's not the last one to have <laughs> scored, for, <laughs> scored for England. Um, but, Andy, you were right to try and move us on. I think we should talk about There are three other teams who are rudely standing in England's way of progression. We have Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland. We'll quickly go north of the border Scotland, can they get out of the group stage? Can they get out of the group stage? Yeah. It's hands down their best squad for years, isn't it? Like, <laughs> they've got, you know, for the first time in a few years, they've got quite a few players playing, you know, at a decent club level. Um, you know, Billy Gilmore is probably the wild card mm. in there, but he's mm. always done quite well for Chelsea when he's been asked to. You know, Scott McTominay, um, you know, literally starts every game for Man United when he's fit. Um, you know, Stuart Armstrong as well, another very consistent player. And John McGinn, like, he's really, really good deep-lying sort of playmaker, actually. Um, he had his injury last season, but this season he's actually quite underrated, I reckon, mm. um, in terms of his ability to, you know, ping it about a little bit. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if you look at the you know the options in defence, so they've got the left back problem, whereas England have the right back problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Kieran Tierney, as you you know, as you probably testify, is um, very very good. Um, mm. Obviously, and, and you know, Andy Robertson as well, and they, and you also got Nathan Patterson for Rangers. He's broken through mm. quite recently at the right back side, then giving them a bit more options there mm. as well. Um, you know, and then it's, I guess, in the forward line, they've somehow found their Scottish passport for Jay Adams. <laughs> that, for me, yeah. is such a big coup for them. I think that is yeah. a, That's a, a very, very yeah. clever move because I was looking at their squad and thinking, they just, typical Scotland, they haven't got a striker. Adam, what has, I don't know about you, but Shea Adams has really impressed me in the, in the Premier League this season. Yeah, definitely. I think what one of the goals that I kind of remember is that goal against Sheffield United where he took it on the volley, uh, bashed mm. it into that top corner and you kind of saw that quality. But he's been really good this season, really dragging defenders left, right and centre. You know, I think he's been unfortunate that he's been at a Southampton side that have been struggling and therefore his efforts haven't been recognised as much. But... Yeah, for Scotland, he's brilliant for them, especially as Lyndon Dykes, who also got a Scottish passport somehow. Um, yeah, he hasn't been brilliant. I can testify he was bloody awful for QPR against Wickham. Um, yeah, he's not international class. But yeah, as you've rightly said, Shea Adams is a coup for them. Definitely. I think that that just fulfills just a nice little hole in their squad was filled there and it gives them a kind of focal point. And like you said, his finishing in the league has been ridiculous. I think they could maybe be a bit of a surprise package, but I'm going to go for, I'm going to, we're going to move to Croatia quickly. Um, 
Their midfield is possibly the best, one of the best midfields in the tournament. They have Brozovic, Modric, and Kovacic. That is an incredible midfield. I'm going to put Luka on the spot. Luka, what do you think of Croatia? What do you think their chances are? Is it a bit too long since the since their World Cup glories, or can they continue it? Well, it depends. The, what do you expect from them to win or to to go to the final or even to the semi final? I don't think, honestly, mm-hmm. to pass the group. Yeah, I think this is a poor group. Honestly, I don't think I don't think there will be like uh, a third team that will pass to them. I think it will be England okay. and Croatia, England and Croatia, and uh, and I don't see Scotland or. The Czech Republic uh, going through. Um, I think for England and Croatia will be relatively easy to win to win this. To win this group. Yeah, honestly, uh, but Croatia is good. It's good, but for sure is is very very far from what it was mm-hmm. you know, uh, by the final of the of the World Cup. Um, just because it's a different time, you know. Uh, the, the that time was now or never, and now it's it's a different thing. But of course, it's a good team. Huh? Uh, the, the midfield you mentioned is uh, is impressive, so so it's nice. I, I'm very curious for for concerning England uh, because I see, in my opinion, too many attacking players. So um, when you see the the midfield, um, man, I only see to contain. I only see. I see there must be a. I think there is a problem because Jordan Anderson, Declan Rice, and then other options. You you have. Bellingham and Phillips, all the rest, if you see Mason Mount, Phil Foden, and then you have, uh, you know, Grealish, and then there is also Sancho, we, we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, uh, one direction players. So I think this is a good problem to have, of course, if you know, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, um, with only, if, if you don't want Rice to play, as you said, or you don't want, you know, there must be someone there. To contain you, you cannot go. You know, it will be nice to have you know like six players uh, all uh, all attacking. But I don't know. Uh, I of think course, Calvin again. Phillips will do a good job of that one because mm. mm. Leeds are a similar. If you look at Leeds, they're a very similar team. They're very much all out attacking and you know constantly in transitions back and forward. And Calvin Phillips is the one that knits it together for him. You know, he's mm-hmm. the one yeah. that it, you know keeps it keep you know keeps it from conceding one goal as opposed to two and from on the ball you know he's a big lad as well mm. but on the ball he's actually really good from deep yeah. uh you know spreading it out and i think with declan rice as well i think if you put those two in the center midfield that's actually a really good defensive unit um mm. and also as well i was thinking about it just just now that declan rice can actually play center back as well yeah. i'd rather play him at center back than play tyro Mings. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, th- I think you're right about Calvin Phillips. I'm always impressed with how quickly he gets the ball forward. His transition passes are incredible. He really does find the wingers really quickly. Very, very exciting player. I think we should quickly talk about Czech Republic. Suchek mm. and Sufal are the two players that stand out there. Patrick Schick. So I think, again, they're not mm. going to be a pushover. But I'm going to quickly move on to the Group C. But before we do, our predictions... For Group D, starting again with Kamal, first and second. England, Croatia. Andy? England, Scotland. Oh, Adam? England, Croatia. Luca? England, Croatia. 
I have put England Croatia. I'm liking the England Scotland. I'm liking the England Scotland shout. Let's go to Group C, which is another intriguing one. I think no one really head and shoulders above here. I don't think we have Austria, the Netherlands, with I'm going to say the worst coaching top flight management at the moment. <laughs> North North Macedonia and Ukraine. So I'm going to put my stall out early. I think. Netherlands are going to be the biggest disappointment of this tournament. I think their squad isn't as strong as it has been in the past. The players that they were putting a lot of hopes on, like De Jong kind of struggled a little bit and De Ligt has been struggling a little bit. Depay is their only player that's kind of been scoring. Mm. The only They've also got Veghorst, but I don't think the coach is going to play him despite how good a season he's had. <laughs> and I think... The squad just looks a bit uninspiring. What do we think about this group? Anybody feel free to jump in. How do we feel this group's going to go? I think if I'd be brutally honest, I look forward to seeing North Macedonia doing quite well in this group. I, mm-hmm. I think they've got an outside chance of maybe, like you've alluded to, Netherlands don't look very strong at all. Um, they barely beat Poland in a friendly when we were just like trying a few players out and... Um, yeah, they definitely not the same Netherlands that we know and love. Um, but yeah, I think they've been really reliant on Donny van der Beek as well. I thought mm-hmm. I think they felt that he would have had a better season for Man United. It hasn't happened. He's out of the tournament is, now as well. Yeah, so De Jong's yeah. going to be the critical player there. But I think also Ukraine should not be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think Shevchenko is not the kind of coach you imagined him to be. Um but with Malinovsky in that side, uh, you know, they've pulled off some good results against France more recently. I think they're, they've got a good chance of getting out of it. I think if there's a side that might struggle or definitely might get zero points, it's definitely Austria. I know mm. they've got Sabitza, wow. I know they've got Alaba, but every time I've seen them, they just look disappointing. I, don't, I just yeah. can't see them getting many points, really. Um, but yeah, that would be my two t- tips. I'd say Ukraine and North Macedonia, personally. Nice. Luca, I know that you were pretty excited or you are excited to watch North Macedonia, right? Yeah, for sure, because, man, it's it's a nice story. It's a nice story. Mm. You consider the, the resources they have, uh, uh, also the history, you know, this country, the recent history of this country, it's, uh, it's nice. And I, I agree. I think, I mean, guys, uh, they, they beat Germany uh, yeah, in the not long time ago, and it was amazing, huh? They yeah. it was completely, completely deserved. So I agree, and I also hope that they will do a very good, uh, a very good uh, tournament. I don't think because I read some stories, you know, it's already a dream for them to to be there. No, I think they will. Uh, they have mm-hmm. a good chance because it's not the again, it's poor group, you know. I agree. I don't. I read some, you know, the Netherlands is uh, top six or things like this. I, I completely disagree. Mm-hmm. I saw them in the group. It was Italy, Poland, you know, at the National League uh, yeah. with the, with Poland. They struggled a lot. They really struggled a lot to, to, to even to play, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be constant. It, did, it does not convince me, to be honest. So if I check the group and I see, uh, so again, uh, and I, I said from the beginning, I mean, my opinion, Ukraine will win the group. I think it's a very good team. And uh, I think they can win the group. And uh, I don't, okay, and I have, Netherlands is not my, you know, in my my top, uh, you know, four or top whatever. But I don't see them being 
uh, at, the, at the bottom of the group. I think I agree with with Adam saying that Austria is probably the the, the weakest team there. So I can I can I can see them. I don't know. I don't. I think they will struggle to even do to win to win a game or even to do one point. You know. So I think the 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 most important game will be the first one, Austria or Macedonia. Mm. This will be the most important game of the of the group. I'm going to take a moment to stick up for Austria here. I think they've got some <laughs> decent players, though. They've got they've got Sabitzer, they've got Alaba, they've got a few players where, around they, the field where you they think have. they can. They, yeah, yeah, they have. It's true, but if you see them playing, it's really like, man, it's. It's a bit disappointing. I, I think as, North as a team, they're terrible. Yeah, right. As a team, it's really terrible. I think North Macedonia is really is really way is better team for sure. Mm. If you compare to as a team, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're living the dream, you know. So um, for me, Austria will be will be the last one, and I think North Macedonia can. I think they can they can finish. You know, uh, I don't want to say first or second because maybe I'm saying. I'm asking too much, you know. But third position, <laughs> third position, they they can make it. They can make it. Okay, nice. So I'm going to quickly go again, go around who we think is going to finish first and second. I'm going to say, in my uh, bet, I did put Ukraine to go through top and Austria second. Um, I'm now suddenly not. I'm suddenly <laughs> double thinking about that. I'm going, oh, crap. Maybe that's the one that screws oh. up. Um, come on, what do we think about this group? Who's first? Who's second? Oh, Netherlands go for his top, and Austria's second. I just, I just think that although they're having a bad, bad spell at the moment, I think they're just a bit better than the other teams in the, in the group. So Netherlands and Austria. Very nice, Andy. I think yeah, I think it'd be a group where you know the sum is greater than the the parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think. Um, Ukraine will finish top. I saw the other day that they've got 10 players just from Dinamo Kiev. So they, <laughs> just for literally one club, that's got to be, that's got to be a record, I think. Um, and yeah, they've got, they've got some like these really decent players as well. And I think they'll finish top because especially more unity as a team. Mm-hmm. And I think finishing second, I think I'm going to be a bit romantic here and go for North Macedonia. Cause I think Austria just shit houses. They just kick people, especially the game against England. And I think Holland will implode because mm. Frank De Boer, as you said, I don't know how he's got the job. Like, Honestly, it blows my mind how he's still he's a manager. Got... Crystal Palace, he should never have managed again. <laughs> like, well, even the even at you know Atlanta United in MLS, like they the resources that Atlanta United have got are absolutely insane, and the caliber of players they've got given the standard of their league as designated players, he should have done so much better than he did there. And that's mm-hmm. that was a ready-made job with everything handed to him on the plate. Um, it's just terrible. And I think they're going to implode. Like, there's always one team that implodes and falls out and stuff like that. And I think you're going to see that with the Holland team. I think it's just going to go all go to shit and it's going to be hugely entertaining. Well, I look forward to it personally. Um, Adam, what do we think? Who's first, who's second? Andy, I agree with you again, mate. Well, I don't know what's happening what's here. But yeah, no, definitely can see Goran Pandev scoring a few goals here. Um, like Annie said, I can see Netherlands really, as if they get to a bad start, then they may have a struggle to try and win the further games. 
Um, Ukraine seemed like a team that might galvanize and, you know, prove a few doubters wrong. And it'll be great. We said offline how great would it be if they played Russia in the next round thereafter, especially given for the context of the viewers, their shirts. Have a look at that. It's got a certain yeah. region um, <laughs> it's, as part of Ukraine. Uh, and it was passed by UEFA. But yeah, I think Ukraine top and it'll be North Macedonia second for me. Very nice. And finally, Luca. Same, same. As said before, mm-hmm. Ukraine, uh, Ukraine top, uh, North Macedonia second place and, uh, and no third team. Home, home directly for, uh, for, uh, for the Austrian mm-hmm. uh, the Netherlands. Very nice. So before we get to the main event of Group A, we do have to go to Group B, which I think is another intriguing group, but could be a walk in the park for one team in particular. This is Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia. Now, we were talking about the whipping boys right at the beginning of the show of Hungary. Do we have another case of whipping boys here in Finland? What do we think, Andy? Yeah, I think they're finished. Hey. Sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna leave now. It's good to see you. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any expectation on them to probably even get a point. To be perfectly frank, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it, I mean, but the fact they've qualified in the first place, I think, is yeah. something I'll be happy enough with. Uh, they haven't got, you know, even they haven't really got the caliber of players. Obviously, got you know maybe a pookie party is probably their best hope. <laughs> Um, but it, they've got yeah, Glenn Kamara. It, they've got yeah. Joshua King, who was oh yeah, the, the Evans, right? Um, Craig from Craig from our pod, obviously raised about Glenn Kamara. Yeah, uh, very good. To be fair, he is a very good player. In the few mm-hmm. times I've seen him play, so oh uh, yeah, I think they'll be quite compact and they'll you know try and keep it tight. I just don't see them really creating enough opportunities to score any goals and you know needless to forget with Tom uh, with Timmy Pukie as much as he's done one of the championship at Premier League level he kind of fizzled out after the first sort of three or four months um, so it's debatable whether he could do it at that level yeah, no, I think that's I think that's massively fair. I think Finland, it's their first ever tournament, the first ever time they've qualified. I think it's for their country. It's just like when Iceland got there. Iceland did very well, but it's like more about being there and the achievement of getting there, I think. Um, but the favourites for this group I have down as Belgium. Now, Kamal, I know you're a big fan of Belgium. What do you like about Belgium and what do you think their chances are? Uh, I, I really like them. Um, I just think... I just think going forward, they've got a lot of quality and um, I think they're obviously going to clearly finish top of the group and mm-hmm. I can see them getting into the semis quite comfortably. Oh, I, I don't really have a doubt that they won't get there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're, in my eyes, I think they're one of the favourites. They really are. Yeah, I feel like they've been in this position a few times and then they've always quite... We'll remember the last Euros where they got beaten by Wales in that incredible game with Hal Robson-Karn who gets a score in a worldie. Um, <laughs> I feel like they've kind of been here a few times and maybe this is the time when they mature. Maybe this is the time they step up. Obviously, they've got the informed striker in Europe at the moment in Big Rom. Now 60 goals at international level. At his age, it's just an insane statistic. But we were talking about it off mic again. I think the immobility of their centre-backs and Martinez's <laughs> lack of ability to coach defending could be a big deciding factor for this team. What do we think, Andy? 
Yeah, I mean they're running they're running on fumes that uh, defence and it doesn't seem to bode well. So don't, you know they've obviously not been able to have the quality to replace them either. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it wouldn't still be in the squad. It's very much like a a last goodbye, I think, for Alderweireld. Vermaal uh, is playing in bloody Japan of all random places. <laughs> I thought um, he'd retired. I thought he'd yeah, retired. I forgot honestly. he. I forgot he existed. Um, he's another. He's another one in the Yuri Zhirkov. Does he still play football? <laughs> scaled. Um, and you know, Yang Vertonghen, um obviously still playing at a decent level in Benfica. Uh, I think this is probably the last chance to really make mm. an impact because mm. you can have all the, you know, because even um, up top, there's still some concerns there. Um, you know, obviously you've got Lukaku, who's, you know, he's had a, a very brilliant season um, at, um, at Inter, you know, obviously scoring the goals that he has. And, but it's behind that, I think, there's concerns. You've got Leandro Trossard, who's very inconsistent. Yeah. Eden Hazard's barely kicked a ball in anger for Real Madrid over the past couple of years. is <laughs> what yeah. got four or five goals, I think. Yeah. Uh, Christian Benteke, to be fair, ever since I called him a useless turd, um, <laughs> chipped him with a few goals. Um, and Mitchie Bacharai, who's still a useless turd. Um, <laughs> that guy's career confuses me a little bit. <laughs> it seems like he scores really big goals. Kind of like he's in the Origi zone, maybe. Yeah, I think he's that kind of player, right? So maybe he scores the go. Maybe he scores the winner in the final, right? Yeah, M- probably. Michi Batshuayi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so. Yeah, I think this because this concerns at, right at the top line and obviously in defence, but um, mid the midfield is bloody. It's probably one of the best midfields in the tournament, wouldn't you say? Mm. Like it's, it is it's up there. Very strong midfield. Yeah. They've they've I mean, got Vit- so the Vitzel is fit, right? Or is he back? Is Vitzel, he still in Carrasco. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you class him that, but Dries Militants, he can play on a wing, mm-hmm. coming on top. So uh Dennis Pratt, who played for Leicester City this season, has had a good season as well. So I think it's more, I would say solid rather yeah. than like a imaginative kind of midfield. But I think it's all yeah, Kevin De Bruyne, De Bruyne isn't it? Yeah. He's well, that's Hands it. He, he, yeah, he's got the creativity that everybody else is missing, I think. So I think it will be, they should be okay. But beyond Belgium, now we've seen, Luca, I'm going to go to you because we've seen Ericsson. He's, he seems like he's starting to get back into his groove at Inter. Do we think he can push Denmark on in this tournament or is there just, are they a bit of a one-man band? Uh, I think Ericsson for, for Denmark is another player compared to how it was for... Uh... Oh, he is, sorry, for, for Inter Milan. Uh, in Inter Milan, he struggled a lot. He had some problems with the coach. And only at the end of the season, he was uh, he was playing, you know. At the beginning, he was not even playing. He was playing like four minutes at the very end. It was like a bit humiliating. There were some problems, some some noise, some rumor that maybe he will leave. So, But for Denmark, yeah, uh, he's, he's another player. I think he is the star there. The problem for Denmark, for me, is the striker. I don't see them having a, a real, like, you know, striker. I saw Brad White playing uh, sometimes as a striker, <laughs> and I was a bit like, wow, amazing. So I don't know. Uh, Denmark is a good team. Huh? It's always a good mm. team. It's a difficult team to face mm-hmm. for me. So, yeah. Uh, concerning Belgium, I have some doubts. I, I have some doubts, to be honest, because, uh, at the, you know, it's been a while that it, I know Belgium is amazing. Belgium is amazing. It's not the first year that we that we hear this story. You know, now it's almost, I don't know how many tournaments, maybe 10 years that we listen to mm-hmm. Belgium is amazing. Belgium is the favorite. Belgium is 
number one in the FIFA ranking, you know, but I have some doubts. Uh, of course, it's a good team. I'm not saying that they will be last of the group or something, but I don't see them winning. I will be very surprised, I want to be honest, if they win the, the Euro. Belgium, mm. uh, and I and I also have some doubts concerning the fitness of some players, because uh, Hazard, um, uh, De Bruyne, and then there is also Mertens who barely played. Mm. Uh, so you know, one thing they have good players for sure, but to put them all together, I, I was surprised. I was not surprised that sometimes it was Castagno was playing, uh, mm. was playing. Uh, and it's good, huh? Castagne is good. So he's very uh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's very good. Martinez is a very good, uh, good coach, in my opinion. I think, of course, they will win the the group. They will go first. Probably they will win every game. I will not be surprised. I can see them in quarterfinals, but I will fly down a bit. The enthusiasm, you know, because uh, mm. at the end of the day, we have seen this how many times now? Three, four times. Belgium is amazing. Belgium is fantastic, and then you know they do good. But to win is another story. So mm. for me, uh, this is the thing. I have uh, not big expectation, but I think Denmark will will do good again because yeah. it's if they if they fix it. I don't know. It needs to find a solution for the striker. If they find, yeah. then it will be a difficult team to face eh? because it's always like this. Denmark, uh, the, it's it's a good team overall. It's mm. a real team, you know. Yeah. So for me, they will go for sure. They will. They will pass. They will pass the. They will struggle a bit, maybe, but I think they will be second. Poor Finland said, you know, it's uh, it's the same uh, same thing as for North Macedonia. But I see them even. Maybe they is the weakest team of the of the whole yeah, tournament. I'm saying, so. just saying, uh, Finland. Yeah, I think I think Hungary aren't as bad a team as people are saying. Yeah. It's just that they're in a very difficult group. I think North exactly. Macedonia. Yeah. North yeah. Macedonia. <laughs> we've seen that they they're a decent side. I think Finland are probably the weakest team in the in the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at Denmark strikers: Braithwaite, uh, Dolberg. Yusuf Paulson, yeah. it's not particularly inspiring. But I still can't you, believe before... Braithwaite plays at Barcelona. It's just every single time I see him play, I'm like, how? He can't how believe he some... plays for Barcelona. I'm telling you, every how... morning he wakes up and goes, yes! yeah. <laughs> like how, every how did, morning. How, how did somebody wake up one morning and go, right, we need a bit of backup to lean on Messi? Like, what options have we got? And what decision-making process went to, I think, but Martin Braithwaite is a really good option. It just, it, I know we did it because of an emergency window in Spain. They exploited the goalkeeper being injured for, to replace a striker. Uh, but it, it's just so, so strange. <laughs> well, if there's anything we've learned over the past two years is that Barcelona's transfer policy makes zero sense. So it's kind of in fitting with the club, I think. But before we move on to Group A, we need to give a quick word to Russia. They surprised a lot of people in the World Cup last time. They were, of course, on home soil. I think people gave the, put a lot of the credit down to that. Do we think this is an old Russia squad, right? I can't believe that Juba yeah. is still up front. Like we said, Zhirkov <laughs> is still playing. I'm pretty sure they've still got the Berezutsky twins somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> it's, uh... Do we... <laughs> Oh, do we think having that coming out of retirement for this one? Oh, if only, if only, I would love to see Andre. <laughs> um, do we think Russia is going to surprise anyone? I personally think they're going to be just average, maybe yeah. win one, draw one, go out optimistically. Um, let's yeah. go, Adam. What do you think? 
Yeah, they've got a colourful striker. That's all I can say. Artem Juba. Um, if Did you don't know, guy, knob um, out at some point. Yes, I was going <laughs> to say the story. So the reason why he's not captain is because a video circulated of him masturbating. So that's why they're not going to keep a clean sheet. So uh, yeah, no. <laughs> and the best bit about it. Obviously, he won the domestic season with Zenit St. Petersburg, dressed as Deadpool, collecting his medal. So, him, what yeah. a guy. What He does not give a fuck what people think. And that's the beauty of Juba. He just he lives up to that mantra of being this tall, lanky striker that can score goals. And he doesn't care if people doesn't rate him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there is no not a lot of hope for Russia. They mm-hmm. played Poland recently. They were average they were they were a real struggle to be fair i can't see them really getting beyond third place they should do enough to beat finland to be honest mm-hmm. they're on home, home soil for that match as well at st petersburg for oh, that wow, match. Right. so if they don't win um yeah they'll be bottom of the group but yeah i think they'll be third place personally very nice so before we move on to group a and we have the Italy versus Turkey discussion. <laughs> um, let's go quickly through our top through of the group, starting again with Kamal. Who do we think? Who's first? Who's second? Belgium first, Denmark second. Nice. Andy? Uh, we'll go Belgium first, Denmark second. Adam? The same, I'm afraid. I think we're going to get a full house, Luca. Same, same, for sure. Full house, Belgium first, <laughs> Denmark second. You'll be pleased to know on my accumulator, I did put Belgium first, Denmark second. So, fingers crossed, that might be one, right? So, finally, we get to what I'm going to call the main event, which is Group A, and it's only two sleeps away, like a kid at Christmas. I am very <laughs> excited, and we get to watch our first game. In this group, we have Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Now, we're going to start with Italy versus Turkey. So, I'm going to let Luca go first. How is Italy feeling? I'm in Milan, and all the adverts are about Euros. All the kids at school are very confident. How are you feeling (laughs) about Italy's chances in this tournament? Well, uh, if I check the the recent numbers, Italy is amazing. Even It's a a dream compared to to what we experienced, you know... uh, with the, when we didn't qualify to, to the to the World Cup, so you know there is this enthusiasm. Uh, they qualified very comfortably. They winning all ten games. They conceded only four goals. Uh, I think Belgium was the the only other qualifying country that that win all ten games. I think. Um, so you know uh, they are also currently top of their World Cup uh, qualification group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are unbeaten, I think, in their last 24 or 25 games, uh, which is, I think is an international record or something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, they, con- they never concede a goal. Uh, so if you see these numbers, it looks like, you know, like a, like a monster. But my question is, are they really back? This is what we want to know. Because uh, if I see the, the team, you know, the, the, the lineup, and I compare to, to the to the big names, you know, France, Germany, Portugal. I don't think we are at the same level, to be honest. Uh, so I I predicted quarterfinals for them. Uh, of course, you know, uh, because I read some you know some comments. You know, it's it's early. They still need to face good teams. But you know, uh, the 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 misqualification to the to the World Cup was already four years or five years four years ago, I think, something like that. So, 
time passed. I think they're ready now. I think it's a good team. Uh, of course, I don't expect them to win. But again, quarterfinals, I think, will be the, the right dimension. It depends if the draw will be kind with, uh, with us. Uh, I do think it's a very difficult group, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It I is. It a is very, a very difficult group. I think what I, what I worry about for Italy, and I think, again, you've got one of the better midfields with Barella, mm. Verratti and Jorginho. That midfield <laughs> is unbelievable. But what I worry about is strikers. And again, this is a theme we've talked about mm. with a few teams. I think Bellotti, I've never been convinced by. And Immobile as well, despite him getting Capo Cagnoneri so many times, despite him getting the European Golden Boot. I still feel like he's not quite there. I don't know what you think, Luca. Yeah, you're very right. In fact, if you see all the games, they won every single game, but it was never, you know, uh, of course, apart from when we played like uh, Lithuania or Liechtenstein or whatever, but uh, we were never, you know, blowing away every team. It was like Mm. 2-0, even in the the World Cup qualification, it was 2-0 with Lithuania. So there there is this problem. You're very right. Uh, to to score, you know, uh, not to score in general, but to score with the strikers. Yeah. So with the forward, with that man, you know, we need that man. Mm-hmm. So it should be Mobile, should be Velotti, should be Berardi, maybe. Exactly, but Berardi is more, you know, is more wings. He plays, you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. it's between. I think Mobile will play every single game, to be honest. Uh, but um, I think it's a very difficult group. Mm, we are the first team to play in the in the Euro, so this is even more difficult. You no, know? to be the first one, it's it's difficult. We play home, uh, yeah. and the, there is a lot of expectation. There will be some public. The the opponents is tough. It's really tough. So mm, the first game, I think it will. Be, it's always you know tricky everyone and the first game ever in a tournament it's even more so in a way i am happy that there is no uh, full crowd because uh, <laughs> yeah because because the expectation there is a lot really really a lot as mm. you said you know the kids and everything that time and everyone uh, that's the one topic just one topic in these days in it. The, the, yeah. the, the rest doesn't exist mm-hmm. so i'm really i don't know this this game against turkey i but even the whole group, as I said, Switzerland is tough yeah. uh, as a team. It's, you know, there is no big name, but it's difficult to face. Uh, so I think, of course, they will qualify. Yeah, I expect them to qualify. Uh, I don't know if first, second or, or third. But uh, um, this game against, against, uh, against Turkey, I think it will be the, the most difficult one. And is because of the opponents, of course, and because it's the first one. So, yeah. Nice. And so, um, Adam, how do you feel about this Italy team? What do you think their chances are? Any players that excite you? Yeah, I'm actually quite excited by this Italy squad. Um, I, obviously, I've been pleasantly surprised by the progress that they've been doing under Mancini. I think he's been trying his best to put his or have his input on the squad. Um, I think you've rightly called out up top where the issues are. I think there is going to be that problem. But I think... They're probably stronger than some other teams like we've mentioned already, like Denmark, for example, that yeah. don't have a recognised forward. So I think, yeah, in Immobile, he's probably got a bit more class about him. But you have got a fantastic midfield. I think there's also question marks about the back line, about the fact that they're ageing 
whether they'll last the whole tournament. I mean, I've not been that impressed with, for example, Kilini, for example, this yeah. season. I think, yeah, there's question marks over him. But overall, I, I did tip this Italy squad to go far in this tournament. I think they've got a good chance. Um, I wonder if that hype where you announce the squad on national TV really helped you guys, to be fair. Um, it seems to be uh, putting a bit more pressure on Italy. Um, but yeah, I actually tip Italy to finish this group as being the top team, I think, personally. Very nice. And Andy, what do you think? Like, players like Chiesa, for me, are very exciting. Mm. Players like Locatelli, who are you looking forward to seeing in this team? I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if Bastoni gets any sort of game time for yeah. them because uh, nice. um, he's been great for Inter and it's unusual in the Serie A for such a young defender to get such regular game time for you know such a big team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think he's the one you know, and be also be uh, Raspadori who came through. Um, you know, it's a, quite a surprise call up from Sassuolo. Um, you know, you're always looking for that random one that comes out of nowhere a little bit um and maybe he could be that he could be one that comes off the bench because as you said um you know i think i was looking at the stats earlier um immobile and Bellotti don't really have great international records right. about one in three for both of them and it's considering the amount of goals especially immobile scores at um in syria uh it doesn't seem to translate to the international stage uh, and also, I think there is some concerns at wing back as well. Like, you know, Emerson Palmieri is a regular Italy mm-hmm. star and doesn't really get much game time for Chelsea, does he? Uh, yeah. Old, uh, 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 yeah. Sorry, Luca, go. No, it's very right. The, the thing is that uh, Mancini loves him. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he, he, he won the Champions League because he was in the, in the team. But uh, I have the same doubt. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I don't know if we should if we should start with him because uh, I have some big concern about the defense too because if you check as said um, Chiellini is now 38 and you know he barely played Bonucci mm. same story Florenzi is okay because he did good at uh, Paris Saint-Germain um, Emerson Palmieri uh, defense uh, I have some doubts so uh, I would change this uh, this lineup. You know, I would start with uh, I, why not? I would start with Spinazzola, who, who did great, and Bastoni, which was uh, which was amazing. So I don't know. Uh, I expect them to start with. Uh, I think they will start with Bonucci and Chiellini because mm. you know it's mm. it's solid. It's uh, trusted. Exactly yeah. trusted. So mm. as as first game as a first game, I think he will keep this. He will stick with this thing. Uh, but Palmieri, it's okay. But for me, Spinazzola should play because just because he's, uh, you know, he did good. He played, uh, he played every game, so he deserves. He simply deserves. Nice. Well, I think it's an exciting squad. I think it is an exciting squad. I think Chiesa is going to be the player that steps up. He always steps up on the big stage for Juventus. I think he is going to have a say in the tournament for Italy. Fingers crossed. But we need to talk about, and I think off mic, we were all agree, uh, we were all agreeing even that this team are definitely the dark horse, not to put any pressure on. But <laughs> Turkey, Kamal, how are you feeling about Turkey? What are people saying in Turkey? How are they feeling about the chances? What's the squad looking like? So the general consensus in Turkey is that they're quite realistic about where Turkey will end up. So I think there's a lot of pressure on the squad to get out the group basically. However, beyond the group stages, it's going to be 
it's going to be hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the team itself, the the defense is okay. I feel I think Soonja is probably the standout centre back there. Uh, he seems to be getting more of the game time than some of the others. Obviously, Chelik has been um, a league on champion this year. Um, however, uh, well, in in the middle of the park as well, we've got we've got some decent players. However, I don't think there's you know in the in the subs. I, I don't think we've got too much of an option. I think uh, Chalanola and Yazaja like the standout players. However. In Turkey and Turkish football, uh, the media are raving about Tufan, and as majority of Tur- Turkey squad are playing in European European leagues, there's there's not many um, not many great prospects coming out of Turkey. Like developed in Turkey, and Tufan is one of them. And when it comes to the big man up top, Yulmaz, I think there's it's literally all the pressures on him. Really, they all. Expect him to bag goals left, right, and centre. Um, but in reality, you know, if he if he picks up an injury or gets a suspension, I think we've we haven't got too much in terms of backup, really. So, yeah, that's that's the way I see it panning out. I, I see us getting out. I, I see us getting out the groups. Uh, however, beyond that is let's hope for the best. Yeah, Luca, go. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, is Demiral playing? Because I saw in every lineup he was he was listed as playing, but uh, this year it was a bit like um, he didn't really play. Then there were some rumors that they, they were they were going to sell him. So you think he would be like? I, I, th- I think he's going to start personally, but um, mm. he, he played in the last game against Moldova, um, but. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I guess he's got to be better than Kabak at the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, Schalke have what got relegated now, so I, I don't know what, where his future holds. But I, I think Liverpool didn't. I don't think they decided on making his contract. It, have they now? Yeah, no, I don't blame him. Um, I think it was just a quick fix. So, mm. so I think Soyuncu is the main man at the back really and mm-hmm. he, he, he has been really good for Leicester and he's still quite young as well so um, good prospect for Turkey in the future Well this is something about Turkey they do have the youngest squad on average in the tournament mm. and I think like not only is it good to see Turkey back in a tournament and like looking like a team but this is like a, a promising sign for the future again I feel like Turkey have been in the wilderness football wise for quite a while, the last tournament I remember them making an impact in is 2002 Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Like we were all in high school, I'm gonna say at that point, right? It was a long time ago. So I think (laughs) it's good to it's good to see him back. Like I think we've said it before, this is a tough, tough group. Switzerland, we've seen in many tournaments, are always, always a pain in the arse. The only team to beat Spain when they did win the World Cup or the Euros, one of them, yeah. I can't remember. Um, and Wales, last time quarter-finalist, semi-finalist, um, mm. right? Yeah, semi-finalist. Yeah, last yeah, time yeah, semi-finalist. Yeah. So lots of teams here that could cause problems. Let's take a quick moment to talk about Wales. Um 
obviously Ryan Giggs will not be manager <laughs> or managing the women's team, I don't think, for the future. <laughs> but um, they do still have some good players around. They do still have Gareth Bale, if he fancies it. Do you think he's going to mm. turn up? I think this is, yeah. this is his swan song before he retires, right? He's not going to retire. Not? Of course, it's, he's going to retire. No, he wants to be on the not, golf course. Nah. No, he's not. No, no, no. I think Ancelotti coming back to Real Madrid. I think he'll um, he'll stick around. He did. And he did finish the season like on form. Like mm-hmm. he out. I think he got like um, ten goals in about twenty-one appearances. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, can you imagine if Mourinho actually played him from the start? <laughs> it probably would have been yeah. a lot different. And yeah, he is still a quality mm. player and a really good finisher. Um, he's ha- still hands down Wales' his best player, and he yeah. always turns mm. up for Wales. He always, yeah. Yeah, even when he's been like injured and unavailable for Real Madrid, he still rocks up on international duty for mm. Wales. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as that flag, what was it? That flag, is it Wales, Golf, Madrid in that order? <laughs> um, that's a sense to be a little bit different now with Sedan having left Real Madrid, but it's yeah, I think it, a lot of it's relying on him because their squad, as much as they're mm. I think they're another one where it's not a spectacular squad, but mm. they've always had a lot of unity and team spirit and, you know, a lot of togetherness. And I think yeah. that does count for something in tournaments. Um, but they've got they've got some experience there, but they've got an awful lot of, like, really untested talent. You know, you've got Dylan Levitt, who uh, was playing in League One during the season, you know, mm. Matt Smith from Manchester City, who's, you know, loitered around the reserve squad and yeah it's obviously Joe Allen yeah apart from maybe looking a bit like a Welsh peer though he's nothing like it um, <laughs> it's well, um, I, yeah I, I think their squad is still like the linchpins are still the same players that it was at the last tournament yeah. as in Bale Aaron Ramsey right these are the players that the kind of team is built around but I do quite like their front three of the, the Wilson Bale Daniel mm. James kind of trifecta of absolute pace i think within their like (laughs) with with yeah and chaos within their within their game plan i think that is a front three that could cause a lot of damage i think look will they get through the group it's a tough ask for wales to get through this group maybe they'll get a third place yeah third place qualification if switzerland Mm. don't turn up honestly i think this this group is so hard to call um I think we're we're wrapping it up, but what I'm going to say is I'm going to ask you for your top two for Group A, and then we'll quickly preview the game tomorrow. Kamal, your one and two from Group A. I'm going Italy, Turkey. Andy? I'm going to go Italy and Wales. Ooh, Adam? Italy, Turkey. Luca? Turkey, Italy. Ooh. Wow. Okay. And I'm going to go for Italy, Turkey. So quickly, before we let you go, listeners and viewers, um, about the game tomorrow, how confident are you feeling about the game tomorrow? Let's start with Kamal. Game tomorrow? Oh, sorry. Friday. Yes. Friday. Yeah. Well, tomorrow. Yeah. The episode comes out tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Should do that again. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't worry. We'll keep it in. It's fine. <laughs> no. Um, I'm I'm hoping for a draw. If we get a draw, that's a good result for us. I think it's a good start. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think they've been talking about tactics in the Turkish media, and they're saying backs up against the wall for 85 minutes and just pelt for the last five <laughs> and hope for the best. So that that that's literally got mentioned a fair few times recently. So 
I think that's what's going to happen. So, um, um, yeah, if if we lose, I'm not disappointed. If we get a draw, then I, I, you know, that's a good start, really good start. Very nice. Sounds like sounds like some things haven't changed since two thousand and two. I believe <laughs> I believe that was the tactic of the squad back then yes, as well, it was. as well as just kicking players off the pitch. From what I remember, um, <laughs> but Luca, how are we feeling about the game tomorrow? I don't have good vibes. There's too much expectation, too much pressure, too much everything, too much people around talking and talking and talking. So historically, Italy is not good at the group stage. Mm-hmm. They always struggle. Then when they pass, they relax. So I would not be surprised if we, I don't think they will lose, but I will be really surprised if they win. I'm telling you. So I think it will be a draw, but Italy will risk. Wow, both sitting on the fence. I kind of weirdly like it, but cool. Okay, well, thank you for joining me, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Really, I really, really did enjoy it. So um, I'm going to quickly go, if people want to follow you on social media, I'm going to go Andy and Adam. I'm going to give you a chance to plug your pod and your private accounts. Go review Andy first. Yep, so my, um, just search Andrew McBride into Twitter. My name comes up there. The tag name is Business Nutter. Um, so, yep, that's me. Yeah, and if anyone wants to follow me, I'm at Adam Gipke on Twitter. And our podcast, which we uh, like to do quite regularly on a regular basis, is at Hopeless Pod. Or you can check us out on Instagram at the Hopeless Wonder Podcast. Beautiful. Come on, if people want to find you on Twitter, Instagram, where can they find you? Oh, just Instagram, and it's just Kamal Toroman, and I'm sure you'll find it. There we go. And finally, Luca. Believe it or not, I do not have any social media. Oh, <laughs> no jokes. Yeah, proud, proud of this. <laughs> but I, but I hope I will be here at the Anglo-Italian pod again soon. So we yeah. will see you post one Italy game. I'll rush back from the pub, and we can do a match review. Perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Well. Thank you for joining us, guys, and thanks for joining us, listeners. We will see you at some point during the Euros. Just keep an eye on our social media. Thanks for joining us, and see Good you luck. later. Good luck to everyone. Good luck to everyone. Good Euro. Bye, Good guys. Job. Take it easy. Cheers. Cheers.